great to see you here. And uh, when service is over, we have some baptisms. Is that today? This morning? Awesome. We're going to be baptizing some young men. We're grateful for that. Before we do that, let's go to the word of the Lord, Luke chapter 17. I would remind all of you that we're not here Wednesday night. We have begun a series of studies in the book of Acts for the entire summer. I have asked uh, those who were here, and I'm asking you that were not here but can join with us for the entire summer season, July, August, or June, July, and August. We're going to read through the book of Acts each month, once a month. And uh, we are we are looking at that book because uh, when the world is at its worst, it needs the church at its best. And I believe that's the best glimpse we have of the church when it was at its best. There are certain things that are found there that we need to go back to. One of the things that's mentioned often is prayer. And we cannot be a church that is truly apostolic if we do not pray, not just individually, but corporately. If you read the New Testament, the first three chapters of Acts, you will find that they prayed together often. Actually, the first four chapters, they were praying together often. So we are going to be beginning our services again. We used to do this and kind of got out of the habit because of all the transitions that we've gone through, but We're going to go back, beginning our services with prayer. So if you come in and there's nobody talking and everybody's praying, that's a good indication you might want to join with us. Fifteen minutes before service, we're going to be directing our attention. Somebody will be leading you in that. It will be me at time, Brother Landon, Brother Brandon, uh, Brother Brandon, Brother Landon, Brother uh, McConathy. I'm having a senior moment right now. Brother Peden. Whoever is up here, Brother Randy, uh, Sister Shannon, whoever the Lord uh, is, puts in that place, I want you to join with us. Let's spend those moments in prayer, preparing ourselves for what God wants to do. And everybody said amen. Luke chapter 17. Greg, it is good to see you back home, away from China, hopefully for good. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> amen. July, June, June was a, a, a very important time for him. I'm so grateful for what God's doing in his life. 17, verse number 11, we're going to read. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten lepers that were, ten men that were lepers, which stood Afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God. Amen. I want you to underscore 
those last few words, and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Amen. For a few moments this morning, I want to talk to you from this simple subject. I cannot go on. Until I have learned to go back. Amen. Say that with me. I cannot go on until I have learned to go back. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Jesus was on the border between Galilee and Samaria. He was passing through to Jerusalem. Many or some of the scholars that I have read, I should say, um, indicate that he was passing between the border countries because perhaps there was the Jew between the Samaritans and the Gentiles, or, or the, uh, the Jew, that uh, his safe passage through that area was in this particular region. It was here that he encountered a band of lepers, ten men. Now, the law of the leper was severe, to say the least. It was one of the most heart-rending things that could happen to anyone. But when someone contacted leprosy because of their contamination and their possible contamination of others, they were cut off from their families and from their cities and from their societies and they were isolated and they joined together in bands and they lived in colonies together. They must, when someone come near to them, they must reveal the fact that they were leprous by doing what these men did by crying out from a distance. According to Jewish law, You could not get closer than 50 yards to a contaminated, leprous person or you would be considered contaminated. And so these men understanding that, before he even got close to where they were, they began to cry out to him. Scripture indicates that the Lord did not allow that to stop him, but he actually came near to them and he, in, he he spoke to them in very personal tones. Now, the interesting note about all of this story is that the Jews had no dwelling or no dealings with the Samaritans. They were, uh, with great animosity, they lived near one another, but they did not get along with one another. And yet... In this band of men, there was at least one Samaritan. Here is an example of a great law of life, and it is the 
common misfortune sometimes to have things happen to us in life that label us. And it is also a common thing for misery to drive people together. People that might not get along in any other way in life, they find a camaraderie in their misery. And so Jew and Samaritan alike, in their sickness, they were companions. A common misfortune had broken down their racial and national barriers, and it had taken away all of their discrimination. And this common tragedy of leprosy had caused them to forget that they were Jew or Samaritan. They were simply men who had a need. And together they came in this company, and from a distance they cried out, although it was difficult for them to do so, because one of the effects of leprosy on the body was to affect the vocal cords and the voice and weaken it so that most lepers could only whisper. So even though it was difficult for them, they lifted their voice loud enough that at 50 yards or more, they could get his attention. There was in their cry a sense of desperation, and there was in their voice an intensity of desire because of their need. And they cried in their bitter need. They cried out to him. And Jesus came near and says that as they went, show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. And herein lies the great truth. They were not healed just because they heard the word. They were healed because they obeyed the word. Amen. I don't care how many sermons you hear preached in your lifetime. That's not going to save you. What saves you is when you submit yourself to that word and you bow your knee before him and acknowledge and obey and commit yourself. And as they went, the Bible said they were cleansed. How strange it must have been. These men who had become disfigured and whose lives had become so greatly affected and their limbs showed the scars and the damages that leprosy had produced in their life. But as they went along, they looked at their hands and hands that moments ago had been gnarled and fingers missing. They they noticed that there was a, a cleansing that seemed to be flowing through their body and there was a a process going on that was beyond their understanding at that moment. And all of the disfigurements of their body began to fade away. And there, the, the, there, there come in, in place of that a renewed vigor uh, in their veins. And a new strength began to surge through them as they recognized that strength was returning to weakened limbs and their hopes began to soar as they realized that this is going to be a new start in life for them. And they saw themselves as being accepted in society again. And how much more confidently they must have moved forward when they began to realize they were cleansed. But the Bible said one man. Everybody say one man. 
one man stopped. He stopped and realized that he was healed. He, he realized what the word had been, but there was something in him that would not let him go on until he went back. It was something inside of him that said, I cannot go on until I go back. I know what I'm supposed to do according to the law. I know that I have to show myself to the priest to be cleared by him and accepted. But there's one thing I've got to do. Even before I do that, I've got to go back. And when he came back, the Bible said Jesus was both surprised and saddened by what he saw because there were ten that had been healed, but only one stood before him, this stranger, this this Samaritan, this uh, man who was unworthy. And, and when I looked at this story again over the last few days, here are some things that have began to speak to me. And one of them is that we often howl in our misery and we join company with others who suffer like us, but how silent we are when we have been blessed and when we have been gifted certain things. We're, we're quick to pray and we're quick to cry out, but how slow we are to offer him the praise that he deserves. How quick we are to identify with our problems and with our issues and we, we kind of congregate with people that have like problems as us, but history of healing that are to recognize this strange mystery of healing that is going on in our life. This transformation that's taking place. And this man realized that before I can go on, I, I must go back. I cannot forget the giver while I'm enjoying the gift. Amen. I cannot enjoy what he has done for me until I go back and thank him for doing it. Amen. We we get what we want so many times in life, but we often forget where it came from, and we often forget how we got where we are. And this man spoke to me this week. We think when we have been obedient, we've done the highest thing. We think when we've been obedient, we've done all there is to do. But I'm here to tell you there's a step beyond obedience that's even more powerful than obedience. And that's a spirit of thanksgiving and an attitude of gratitude. There is a level of living that is beyond just simple submission to his word. There is an atmosphere of thankfulness in which we can live, of gratitude. You see, going on to greater blessings and greater things is often wrapped up in me having the ability to go back and remember and thank him for what he has already done. To be mindful of what God has done in my life to this place. I cannot go on unless I go back. By returning, this is what the Lord spoke to me. By returning, he opened his life to so much more. By having an attitude of thankfulness, he opened the door for me to do greater things in his life. 
I had cleansed him, but cleansing is not wholeness. I know a lot of people that have been healed, but are still sick. Their malady may be gone. Their their cancer may not be there, but they still have a, a cancerous mind. They still have a cancered attitude. They still have a, a cancered spirit. They still live in this atmosphere of a uh, uh, problem and issues. And this man realized that before I go any further in my life, I've got to go back. And by going back, he opened himself to the greater blessing that would come to his life. The nine were cleansed, but they were not necessarily better. And I wonder how many of us sit here today that have been saved, but we're not necessarily better. Because we haven't taken the time to really go back and let him know how much we are thankful for what he's done in our life. Amen. He was made whole. I thought that word was interesting. I looked it up and it literally means to save. It means to keep safe. It means to rescue from, to preserve one who is in danger, to make safe. He was not just cleansed of his problem. The Lord saved him from future things that were coming down the road. He did not just do future by putting him, but he did a multitude of, of things for him in the future by putting a touch upon his life that would keep him from going back to that life or going back to whatever it was that had brought the leprosy on in the beginning. The Lord was able to do something in his life by him going back. That transformed him forever. His thankfulness opened the heart of his own soul for further blessings. And maybe, may, maybe, I, I don't know. I'm not here to criticize anybody because I'm preaching to myself as much as I am preaching to you today. But maybe the reason we are not enjoying the fullness of the blessings we have is because we haven't taken time to give it the proper thanks for what he's already done. You know, I've seen some people in life that when I look at them, I'm thinking, you have every reason in the world to be the most thankful person in this world, and yet they are the grumpiest, meanest, saddest, sourest people. You don't even like to hang around them because you know something is wrong with this picture. Amen. I didn't know Holy Ghost-filled people could be as bitter as some Holy Ghost-filled people I've run into in my life. I didn't know real Spirit-filled people could hold grudges as long as Spirit-filled people can hold grudges. (laughs) Woo! I'm going to preach to you one way or the other this morning. His thankfulness opened something for his life. You can experience a level of deliverance, but not enjoy the totality of its blessing because you have failed to give him thanks for what he has done. You ought to be thankful this morning that he saved you. You ought to be thankful this morning that he healed you. 
You ought to be thankful this morning that he delivered you. You ought to be thankful this morning that he helped you. You ought to be thankful this morning that he even loved you. That he paid attention to your cry. There ought to be something flowing up inside of you that cannot be held down. That said, I've just got to take a little while. And I've got to give him the praise that he deserves. I've got to give him the glory. I've got to give him the honor. I've got to give him the thanks for all that he has done. This is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, gratitude is what decides how much more I can do in your life. Gratitude. Now, some of our gratitude is contingent on our circumstances, such as if we feel like it, if we wake up in the right mood, if nobody offends us, if nobody sits in our chair or takes our place. Or somebody gets to sing the solo that we wanted to sing. Or somebody gets to play an instrument that we wanted to play. Or somebody gets a recognition that we thought we deserved. And all of a sudden, how quickly our spirits can change and we lose that sense of what God has really done in our life. I want to tell you something, folks. I don't know about you. But when I look at my life, I realize where the Lord has brought me. I've been reexamining myself because when I realize where the Lord has brought me from, I realize that I have so much to thank Him for that if He never does one more thing, I cannot praise Him enough. I cannot worship Him enough. I cannot shout my praises loud enough. If I get on your nerves, I'm just going to have to get on your nerves. But He's been too good to me for me just to sit down and be silent. He's been too good for me just to sit down and not praise Him. In some way or measure, I have to shout to the Lord and give Him praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We howl when we're hurting. But we're silent when it comes time to praise. We get tongue-tied. This ought to be the best part of service when we're worshiping around here in song. Next to the Word of God, it ought to be the highlight of the service because this is our opportunity to tell. He's he's about to tell us something from His Word to us. He's about to speak something into our life from His Word. But before He does that, we want to take a moment. We're going to begin service with praise. We're going to begin service with an adoration and a magnification of His name and His greatness. Amen. Amen. He received something greater than physical healing. He received a wholeness. The nine pre, the nine lepers may have been able to be declared clean by the priest, but this man was declared whole by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
You know what I found out about living for God? There are some people that are only doing what they've been told to do and nothing more. And they wonder why living for God isn't so joyous. Living for God isn't found in the first mile. Living for God isn't found in that first little juncture. Living for God and enjoying the true blessings of God are found when you're willing to go that second mile. The first mile is compulsion. You had to do that. Under the Roman rule, you didn't have an option. You couldn't argue about it. It was compulsory that if a Roman soldier asked you to carry a burden, you were obligated to carry that burden one mile. But Jesus I want to talk to you about a higher law. I want to talk to you about something beyond obedience. I want to open a door to your life. I want to show you something of heaven that can turn your world upside down. And it's that step beyond just simple obedience. And it's moving into an atmosphere and an attitude of praise and thankfulness that magnifies what God has already done. Oh, hallelujah. With somebody would your hands to the Lord and give him praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Some of us sometimes only do what we're told to do. But one man went back because he realized that in his life he really couldn't go on to anything greater until he went back to what God had already done. Another dimension of blessing was open to his life that he could not even imagine because he was willing to go back. I wonder what God's waiting to open up in our life and your life if we could just get beyond some people that are stuck in acts doing what we're obligated to do, living on the minimum standard. There's some people that are stuck in Acts 2.38. That's as far as their experience with God goes. And I'm thankful that is the gateway. But I'm telling you, that's just the door to get into the house. There's a whole lot more in the house if you just get through the door. That is the door you got to come through. That You can't come through another door. It's the door that was established not by man, but by the Lord himself. But I'm telling you, once you get in the house, my Lord, what a wonderful place to be. There are rooms, there are men. Hey, if heaven is a place where mansions are beyond describing, I just believe that his heavenly mansion is just a symbol of his earthly desire for all of us in his kingdom. And if we can ever get beyond just obedience, just doing our minimal, just getting by on, you know, just staying as, you know, there's the line. Right there, that's the line between Christianity and not being a Christian. And that's where we live. If, if we could ever get beyond that, if we could just turn around and realize the room behind us where God has offered us to come into, there's something in living for God that's beyond a burden. It's beyond an obligation. It's beyond the command to repent and be baptized. There's joy unspeakable and full of glory. There are blessings from heaven that you and I cannot even comprehend that open to us when we step through that door of thankfulness and and we begin to magnify and we begin to praise Him. Something happens. Something happens. Something happens when we glorify and magnify His name. Oh, I just wonder this morning what would happen in your life and my life. What What would be made available to you and I 
if we would simply go back. Amen. Go back and let him know. Thank you, Lord. I didn't deserve it. I don't know why you did it. I can't even understand how you did it. It's still a mystery to me when I look at myself and realize I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was dirty. I was filthy. I came to you with rags and look, you've transformed me. You, you put clothes of righteousness. I don't even know how it all happened, but I just want you to know I'm thankful. God, I'm so grateful for what you've done in my life. I want to tell you what happens. Life stagnates for some people that's been living for God a long time. People that's been around church a long time. Life stagnates. Because of this one simple principle. They're real good at doing the command. But they've forgotten there's a step beyond that command. This is not compulsion. This is me. This is me. You see, we're good at coming to Him with our need. But we're not as good... It's coming to Him with our praise. Oh, we're quick to run to the altar when things are going wrong. We're quick to call the preacher or friends and say, Oh, you gotta pray, you gotta pray, you gotta pray. And they pray. And God works. And I see them come into church. You couldn't pry their hands out of their pocket if you had a jackhammer. Plastic transform that look on their face from a frown to a smile if you were a plastic surgeon. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with this picture? If there ought to be anybody up here at the front, it ought not be just Brother George and me and Brother Landon, but it ought to be you that he rescued this week, that he kept his hand on you and prevented something from happening. And you say, oh, that's all right. That's what God's supposed to do. It may be what God's supposed to do, but there's something God wants you to do, and that's recognize what I've done in your life, that I have done great things, and you ought to give some praise to Him because of that. Come on, let's praise Him right now. Let's praise Him right now. Let's praise Him right now. Stand with me. I'm not going to... I want to develop an attitude of thankfulness for the least of God's blessings, for the smallest of God's provisions, for the least of God's gifts. Because in doing so, I open my life to so much more. Amen. So much more. There's an old hymn used to be sung years and years and years ago. Many Orthodox churches still sing it. Psalms title, Now Thank We All Our God. It says, Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things has done in whom this world rejoices who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way.
with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Oh, may the bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us and keep us in His grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills in this world and the next. Martin Rinkert, a Lutheran minister, wrote that song. He was a pastor in Ellensburg, Saxony. What is not known to many is that he wrote that song during what is known as the Thirty Years' War. A war that was fought primarily in Central Europe between 1618 and 1648. It was one of the longest and most difficult, destructive conflicts in human history. It was the deadliest European religious war of all times. It resulted in 8 million casualties. Not only from military engagements, but from violence and famine and plague. Pastor Rinkert lived inside the walled city of Ellensburg. He saw a steady stream of refuge, refugees flow through its gates. The Swedish army moved in and surrounded the city and famine came and plague was rampant. 800 homes were destroyed and the people began to perish. There was such a strain on the pastoral leadership because they had to conduct dozens of funerals daily. Finally, the pastors, too, succumbed to the sickness. And all that remained was Rinkert left alone. He did over 50 funerals a day. 50 funerals a day. During this time, his pastoral duties were extremely difficult. Including the burial of his own wife. And yet it was in the midst of all of that that he wrote that song. And it was a song of grace that was to be sang or spoken at the table when his remaining family gathered for supper. Amen. That in spite of the war and the plague around him and the sorrow within him, he was able to give thanks to the Lord with a grateful heart. I just wonder what God opened to that man because of that. I wonder what doors God provided for him to walk through to help him through that miserable time in the life of him. Because in the midst of all of his suffering and pain, he realized if I'm going to go on, I've got to first go back. Amen. Some of us right now in this service, we could move on if we could just take a little while and go back. And then when we go on, we're going to go on to greater things. We're going to go on to better things. We're going to go on to more than just being cleansed. We go on to being whole. I love that word whole. 
means no missing part. Now, I said their limbs were repaired. I assume that was the case. All I know is they were cleansed. You know, it's possible the Lord didn't, didn't completely restore every limb. But this man, he was made whole. That means every part was put back where it belonged as if it had never been damaged. Isn't it amazing what God can do when you give him a chance? You think I'm so broken, I'm so beat up, I'm so, I'm so beat down, I've been so hurt. I'm going to tell you how to get unhurt. I'm going to tell you how to be made whole. Is let something begin. Don't do it because I'm asking you to do it, but realize that if you want to go on, if you want to get past whatever it is you're dealing with in life, whatever you've had to deal with, and whatever's in your mind that you struggle with continually, secretly. Nobody else knows about it. Nobody knows the wars that go on in your mind because you won't tell anybody else. But I'm going to tell you how to get beyond that. Just go back and with a loud voice begin to praise Him for what He's done already. Go back and begin to thank Him for what He's already done. Thank Him for everything, all the little things, the minor things, the, 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 the insignificant things, the things that were even overlooked in your life. Just go back and take a moment and begin to thank Him. I'm alive today. I have, I have breath. I, I, I have movement in my body. I can stand on my own two feet. I didn't have to be carried in this morning. I was able to come in under my own power. And even though I'm my knee weak in my body, I still have a voice that can be strong with my praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, lift your voice to Him right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.